USA. Welcome to Potadelphia. My name is Dave Diorio. You can find me on Twitter at fat underscore lobster. And I'm joined by two guys who won't be visiting the White House either. What's up, Chuck and Gene? Uh, I will not be visiting the White House, Dave. I don't believe I've been invited. I will be hanging out drinking malt uh, malt liquor with a bald eagle instead. Um, hashtag USA, USA, USA. Uh, my name is Chuck Siders. You can find me on Twitter at Chuck Siders. You can find the show at Potadelphia. And I'm Gene Zilak. You can find me at Producer Gene. And I would totally go to the White House, but... The thing is, you have to book those tours, like, way, way in advance. And, like, I'm just not organized in that way to kind of do that. So I'm probably, yeah. like, I'm probably not going to have tickets. So, Real quick, do you? Like, is that a big thing? Like, no, you I mean... really, like, I, I think you really do have to, like, book way out in advance. Then they, I think they probably need that so they can run a background check yeah. on you. And that, I mean, that, that makes sure perfect sense. Gonna, I've like, never thought of it before. Like, break anything or steal anything or whatever. And then I mean, yeah. it would be unfortunate if the terrorists were like, okay, we're going to get, we're going to book a White House tour. <laughs> <laughs> it's the one gap in our security, but the American yeah. people demand it. Yeah. yeah. Uh, well, wow. What a week for the United States of America. I mean, 4th of July, the, the women's national team secure. I mean, like our forefathers, it was like, we stormed the airports, <laughs> our founding fathers, we stormed the airports, we liberated the planes. <laughs> ben Franklin was up there in a fighter jet. <laughs> This Real was a quick. great week. I want there to be a remake of Independence Day, <laughs> but with the founding fathers. Well, it's more and... of a that's more of a prequel, Chuck. Okay, or well, prequel. The British are the aliens, um, <laughs> and Ben Franklin in the fighter jet, like as <laughs> to close up the movie the same way uh, Randy Quaid. Randy did. Quaid. Now yeah. I'm gonna yeah. spoil. I'm gonna spoil Captain Marvel for everyone. Just... But if we're going to go take this to the to the to the level that it needs to go to, at one point, instead of Will Smith being like "Welcome to Earth," uh, it should be Thomas Jefferson with a slow pan away, where he says, "I'm going to get on Jefferson Airplane," and then like a pan across where it says that right along on the side of his fighter, Jefferson Airplane, and then like Grace Slick can like hit like a really high note, and it would be awesome. And it's like, we built this city. Right? That's them, right? Yeah. Let's, or was that Starship? Starship. Ah. Yeah. Which worked well for this as well. There you go. Great. Okay. Sports. <laughs> uh, big soccer day today. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. So the, the, the women's national team, a uh, 2 nothing victory over Holland, Netherlands. What are we? What are the Netherlands, right? Yeah. I mean, I, either is correct. <laughs> okay. All right. I don't know. I'm just checking. And uh, we didn't even have any sort of like offensive celebration. Like no one pulled out like wooden clogs. <laughs> no, nobody put like tulips. Yeah, there was there were no smashing of flowers. Nothing. No rude and frank references. Nothing. Oh Jesus! <laughs> oh, <my God. laughs> uh, all right. Well, I'm, I, I guess I'll throw out my Alex Morgan bong hit joke there. I guess tough to follow <laughs> the Anne Frank crack, huh? Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> didn't have that in my notes. All right, but no, seriously, sheer dominance uh, from the women today. To me, it it, it feels like the, they were so dominant, this game felt anticlimactic to me. It, it did, except for the fact that it was still tied at the half, right? 
Um, and you know the the Dutch team they played a good game, but yes, USA was clearly better. I thought the USA France game was going to be the 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 final, and then USA England was an amazing match. That one. Once we won that game, I thought it was. I thought this was going to be like shades of U.S. Thailand, um, and it didn't look that way until uh, American hero uh, <laughs> Megan Rapino uh, scored yet again. Uh, this time on a penalty kick to take that one nothing lead, and then I I started to breathe a little easier, and it really felt like okay, this is coming. Yeah, Gene, to your to your credit, I felt like. Uh, the Netherlands were, were they were parking the bus. Yeah, early in the game. Yeah, and then, they were like it, they were just gonna try and and play it real slow and and then counter and try to just sneak in like that one late push and and, yeah. and win it one nothing. So as soon as we got the the one goal, I felt like okay, now they're gonna have to take more chances. Things are gonna open up. They're gonna I have thought to we were, I thought we were gonna yeah. win this one like four nothing at that point. Right. Yeah, which we absolutely could have. There was yeah. a, a bunch of opportunities. Um. So one of my big takeaways from the, actually this tournament in general um, are, are the penalties a little too steep um, when they happen in the box like that, like just to get a penalty kick. I, I don't know. Um, I would say, especially with the, the way the U S could convert them, are, are you talking like a, a penalty kick or a corner so, kick? Yeah. So, all right. Uh, Alex Morgan was in the box, and I guess the, the the defender got her leg up a little high, kicked her, I guess, in sort of like the bicep area, and boom, we're we're, we're it's penalty kick time. Yeah. And, should, that... and shouldn't Alex Morgan have been the one to take the penalty kick since the penalty happened to her? Well, I mean, I guess the way the way that soccer works is, you know, if your team is awarded the penalty, you choose the the person that gets to take it. Robbed her of the golden boot. Yeah. <laughs> I do love it. Once every four years or, or twice, you know, depending on uh, what time the Summer Olympics are being played, uh, Americans get way into soccer for a couple weeks. Yeah, and you know, to to Rapino's uh, point, and she's been in the news a lot uh, the past few weeks, but she did come out uh, against sort of the way that I, I don't know. I don't know if it's, is it FIFA that's running this or yeah, yeah, scheduling all these events finals on the same day? So we had the Women's World Cup, we have the Gold Cup in North America, and we right. have the Copacabana Cup, yeah, uh, in South America. Yeah, that one's hosted by. Uh by uh, uh that lounge singer from vegas <laughs> no i believe it's just the copa cup right <laughs> all right it's not the francis for coppola cup okay no. <laughs> that's yeah, the well, fourth that's... godfather it's about soccer oh, that's, uh, that's not the europe one <laughs> no copa america i think is uh is the south american tournament that's equivalent to the gold cup yeah I, th- yeah, I think so as well, Gene. And, and as we are recording, the United States and Mexico are tied 0-0 zero, zero, uh, somewhere in the middle of the second half yeah. of that game. Now, what do you what do you guys think of that criticism? Do you think that's valid or or what's your what's your take on it? I, I have one. Um, My take is that FIFA gives 
zero shits uh, about scheduling. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. here's my my other scheduling problem was you scheduled this tournament at three o'clock in the afternoon here in this hemisphere. The entire tournament. The final is at eleven a.m. on a Sunday. Talk about inconvenient for me. I don't know. This kind of brings me to an interesting point. I don't know if you guys have these things in your history where you've watched a a, a sporting event uh, in a weird place. Mm-hmm. I watched the majority of the second half of uh, the uh, uh, women's final today in uh, pew number 37 at St. Dennis's Parish waiting for a baptism. It was uh, my godfather and I on his cell phone with a hell of a lot of buffering. Um, so, uh, I don't know if there's any other interesting, I mean, it's a very memorable way to watch a women's world cup. And, uh, I never thought that my grand, my, uh, my godfather was ever going to be that into a soccer match, let alone a women's soccer match. Like if there's ever a, a reason to kind of say like, huh, I, this, this, this tournament has kind of caught some people's attention. My godfather watches the Raiders. That's it. That's the only sporting things he talks about. He doesn't watch baseball. He doesn't watch other football teams. He watches the Raiders, and that's it. And all of a sudden, he's flashing me in the middle of mass, the 11:30 mass, like one zip, one zip, and I'm like, "What the hell is he talking about?" <laughs> he had to. I had. It had to be translated through about four of my family members to tell me what the hell he was talking about. Please Here's tell my me take. He was, he was sitting in that pew dressed up like a member of the Black Hole, but like in red, white, and blue. Exactly. With the shoulder spikes. Yeah. Yeah. Here's, here's my take with this. So, uh, first off, good job not scheduling these games at the same time. Okay. Yeah. So let's give credit where credit's due. You could have, you could conceivably have spent your entire day today watching finals soccer, I guess. Um, but. To, I think to Rapino's point, you only have so many events that are going to capture the attention of the United States of America when it comes to soccer. And, you know, Women's World Cup is probably the biggest one. Mm-hmm. I'd say so. Yeah, I, I, I think more people are interested in the Women's World Cup than the Men's World Cup, especially considering we didn't make the men's even the, we didn't even qualify for the tournament uh, last go around. Um so and the gold cup is kind of like way distant third i don't even know if that would outpace like mls stuff i don't think it does i, I really so. don't yeah and and i agree I, I agree with the point as well fifa has you know well i mean fifa's awful as an organization <laughs> like they, they are immoral um can't wait for the uh the uh 2020 um the uh 2020 uh world cup oh or is it 2022 i guess whatever the world cup in qatar uh oh my god which it's like has a fucking death toll like <laughs> they're going to play soccer in the summer in the desert and like the stadiums they're being built there, I mean, people are dying because of it. But that's neither here nor there. On the pitch, it's going to be a balmy 134. Yeah, it's run it's for gonna... 90 minutes through that. Yeah, <laughs> Ronaldo. Let's see how good you really are. <laughs> but so it's something that they would never do to the men's game. Like the men's game would have the world stage to itself. With that being said, at least this tournament wasn't played on, like, artificial turf. 
like the last one was up in Canada. I don't know if all the games were. I don't think it was all the games, but like many of them were played on artificial turf. And that's really just going like we don't don't care about the women's game. So I 100 percent agree with the point. Um, but I think it's one of their lesser transgressions. Yeah. And then we have uh, we have segments of uh, our own population who is rooting against uh, the, the U.S. team today as well as uh, against England. So I don't even know. Do we even want to comment on that? It's just nonsense. I don't know. You can root against the player if you think. And it, it all comes down to what Megan Rapino like. She is the face of this team, good, bad, or indifferent. And I feel like the majority of her teammates probably line up on the same side as she does. Oh, I think so. So, you know, it's it's tough to just say like she's some sort of like outlier. I, I feel like they're a pretty unified bunch. And I, I don't think it's been I think the most distracting thing she's done is the purple hair. You know, when asked if she's going to the White House and she goes, no, I'm not going to the fucking White House. <laughs> what on earth do you think she would say? You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> she, like it's it should have been a surprise to absolutely no one that yeah. she said it. And then Trump responds and says, you have to be invited first. They asked her the question. Yeah. Are you going to the White House? No, I'm not going to the White House. You have to it, be invited first. It doesn't even make sense. The whole course of. Oh, oh my god and then and then um if you haven't read it please read it uh sue bird's um column in the players tribune of the president fucking hates my girlfriend <laughs> yeah. it's it's it's, it's hysterical and it's probably the, written by her actually probably probably yeah. see the the women athletes they don't get ghostwriters um but no i i think Rooting for your national team should supersede politics, you know? Yes. And the it, it's something that's come up in conversation of like, hey, if you like women's soccer, it doesn't go away. They You have these, you know, professional sports leagues. Uh, I think the uh, – I forget the name of it now, unfortunately. The, you know, National Women's Soccer League, I think it's what it is in the, the U.S., and they're like, oh, support your local team. But I think, and definitely do, but I, I, these teams, we know these players mostly as representatives of the United States. They're out there wearing the colors. They're they're playing for everybody. Just like the people we elect, you know, whether they're our party or not, they should be representing everybody. You know, the the soccer players, the, the Team USA in basketball, in hockey, in, in the Olympics, they represent all of us we should just get behind the team and and have at it if you want to dislike a player that's fine just root for the team as a whole you know and they acquitted you pretty friggin well because they won Ugh. the damn tournament so yeah and the, we're dominant in this you know it wasn't easy but certain games were <laughs> and and what is rooting against them accomplished for you if you're sitting in your uh, hovel somewhere, uh, you know, <laughs> hold up waiting for, you know, them to show up and, and, and take your firearms from you. Uh, is, is there any, is there any, do you feel some sort of solace if the Netherlands beats the U.S. one nothing? Yeah. Do you, have you gained Wait, some sort quick, of victory? If Team USA is too liberal for you, 
and you're going to root for the <laughs> Netherlands? Like, oh, this Team USA is too liberal. I'm going to vote for good old-fashioned Holland, yeah. where my prostitutes are regulated and weed is found at every corner store. Right. Like, Yeah, get uh, your priorities straight when you're going to yeah. be anti my country. Like, if you want to root for the ne- Netherlands because of the prostitution and the weed, that is your choice. But Okay. Do we want to talk about the the sipping tea celebration? Was it appropriate? Inappropriate? Is that really what it was? It's as opposed was, to what it was not sipping tea. I, I don't, I don't know. Chuck was talking about bong hits a minute ago, so I wasn't. <laughs> there, there were a few people, and I think it, having to be willfully ignorant to think this, that thought it was like a, smoking a joint. With your See, pinky the problem up. is that Alex Morgan is much better at playing soccer than she is at pantomime. <laughs> <laughs> they should have done a pantomime celebration against France. That would have been awesome. Like if they had gotten stuck in a box. <laughs> That's good, Gene. How do we get out of this box? Somebody That's should probably good. give us a penalty. What, what, what should we have done against Spain? Like a little like Matador um, routine? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or like a, a yeah, Guernica. Or, or like Guernica. Some, like, and we, horns. Should, we should have done Guernica. Like just the whole Picasso <laughs> painting. <laughs> oh, my God. All right. Um, <laughs> that's moving gonna be, on. That's going to be the show title. It's just going to say Guernica. Figure that out. <laughs> <laughs> we'll throw up all those art snobs. I could just see the hashtags pouring in. Uh, okay, let's go to the Phillies next because they're playing. They're the only other team that's playing right now. And we were having uh, too much fun. <laughs> yeah, we're having we're... too much fun. Let's talk about the Phillies. Bring it down a bit. Yep. Uh, and I guess the most interesting thing that happened this week was the Phillies-Mets game on Saturday night uh, when Arietta uh, hit Frazier with a changeup. And Frazier got very offended by it. Todd Frazier, right? Todd Frazier, yeah. Got very offended by this. Third baseman. This this whole series of events basically cost us that game because the guy that came in in, in replacement of Todd Frazier made like three incredible defensive plays to close the game to yeah. beat us. So there is no way that we would have certainly put those guy put that guy on base in a tight game the way it was. It, right. it was just and, it, and it came out today that um, Arietta is injured. Yeah, and will uh, we'll need surgery if not during the season, after the season. Uh, so yeah, bone spurs in his elbow, and like the last time he had it, said, "Oh, he can make the whole season," and was having surgery in August, which at this pace probably will be our whole season. Well, with his six point right. God knows what ERA, I would rather him be like at a surgeon's office than on the mound, frankly. Yeah, yeah. So Frazier came out and said. Uh, you know, I'm I'm because t- he got hit two nights in a row. I'm tired of getting hit, especially by this team. So, Todd Frazier has been hit by a pitch three times this year, all by the Phillies. No, just the last two. Oh, okay. So he's really tired of getting hit by pitches, <laughs> especially by the Phillies. Chase Hutley said, "Hold my helmet." <laughs> yeah, I mean the league leader, you know, has gotten hit in comparison. I think fourteen times. I have the uh, if I have my. I my think Reese Hoskins has been hit three times by the Mets. Yeah, Robles in Washington has gotten hit sixteen times, and that guy know, stands on the plate, so it's really not fair. 
<laughs> yeah, so, I mean, I get it. You got hit three times. One of them was by a uh, like a seventy-five mile per hour changeup from Marietta. It's like getting pissed Rich off at ja- yeah, getting hit by Jamie Moyer. Like, it, stop. Yeah, Arietta's response. I love it. You got you got a problem? Come talk to me. I'll dent your head. <laughs> I'll put a dent in your head. He did, and, and my but it won't be like... with his fastball though, because I don't think that could get fast enough. <laughs> No, you'll have to use a bat for that, but still. And it, why would we intentionally hit you there? Like nobody, nobody sends a message to load the bases. And you know, I loved all this chippy stuff with the Phillies and the Mets earlier in the season when, um, you know, those games mattered. But now it's between a third place and a fourth place team, and it just seems like really, you know, I don't know. It the seems the like adults a... are up uh, upstairs uh, having adult conversation. You, you guys are in the basement, uh, you know, playing, I, I don't know, slapping each other in the face, goofing off in the basement, <laughs> third and fourth place. If you want a real quick look into Dave's childhood, I think we got one. Yeah. <laughs> a family party. Where, where are the Diorio kids doing? Just, just smacking each other in the face in the basement because <laughs> there's nothing else on TV. That was back but, in the day when you only had three channels, remember? So, oh, yeah, no, no. We, I, I played the game, too, in my house. Look, this Philly stuff, is, I, I'm I'm getting really frustrated with this. I, I'm starting to feel like it's not, it's not fun to watch the games at this point. Has the fun been sucked out of the Phillies now? Are we still having fun with this team? Um, I'm not. Um, <laughs> and it... It's a question of how little fun am I having? You know, I don't go into any given game optimistic. And, you know, I want them to win. I want, you know, to believe that's going to be a good game. But (laughs) I think I said early in the season, like, oh, no lead is safe, you know, for the opposing (laughs) team. And then laughed about our our bullpen. Said, "Oh well, no lead is safe for us either." Ha 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 ha. We'll we'll make it up confidently. And now it's, you know, today's game. You know, what were we up six nothing at one point, and it became six two. And it's like, don't don't come back. Just don't come back. Let us win the damn series. You know that that comes in pretty quick and. You know, we, we hopped out to what another four nothing lead in the first inning, and right. it didn't feel that great. It was like, all right, four nothing lead. Let's just build on top of it and let's not give it all right back. You know, it's not to the point where I want to check out because this team should be better than they are. But hell, if we keep playing like we do, like we are right now, by August, it really can be all right. We're going to need you know, some Mets-like collapse from the teams ahead of us to to get back into it. So, so it, my interest is definitely waning. You you mentioned that no lead is safe. N- none of our leads are safe because, yeah. you know, they're always going to crawl back in. I mean, the pitching staff is re- is bad. It's bad. It's, one of, it's as bad as it, it ever gets. Um, I was looking up some numbers today. We're 12th in the NL with staff ERA. At a 4.66 ERA. We're ahead of only the Mets, Pirates, and the Rockies. And the Rockies have an excuse. <laughs> we we were at one point in the top five. Before, like in May. 
That's how much yeah. we've fallen off in the last six weeks. We are 14th in opponents' batting average. Opponents are hitting 266 against us. We're only ahead of the Rockies in that. God. We were obviously last in home runs allowed with 151, but the next closest team is at 130, and it's the Rockies. <laughs> so what you're telling us is that we're better than the Rockies. Not really. In a neutral, in a neutral field, no. We wouldn't be better no. than the Rockies. The Rockies numbers are only the Rockies numbers because they play in Colorado. We are at the bottom of the league in opponents on base percentage, slugging percentage, and total bases. It's it's as bad as it ever gets with the pitching staff. Damn. Well, I, I knew it was bad, but that really puts it in perspective. And we can look at injuries and stuff with the bullpen, and um, but not really with the starting rotation. Do you know what the starting rotation reminds me of? The Flyers' goaltending situation coming into the year. Like, it was, all right, you know, we don't have anything set in stone, but between these four guys, we should be able to to cobble together a pretty good starting two goaltenders. And, you know, outside of Nola, who'd you feel confident in? And Nola took two months to get going. Yeah. You know, yeah, but, I mean, his last three have been pretty yeah, good. But your it, one has been pitching like a two. Your two has been pitching like a six. And yeah. three, four, and five are what the fuck is going on with those guys. And the bullpen is terrible. I mean, actually, Hector Neris has been fairly consistent in the closing role. Yeah. yeah. Should, should he be a uh... – I'm sorry, I was going to ask, should he even be a closer? Like, on an ideal team, would he be more your setup guy than your closer? Well, I and I couldn't, I couldn't even get the sentence out. I couldn't even get the sentence out. I'm like, we were so worlds away from that conversation. Yeah, it's not like the team is a couple of guys away from being a couple of guys away. The pitching staff is a yeah. couple of guys away from being a couple of guys away. Yeah. And who... Like, who is to blame for all of this? Is it Clintac? Nothing, nothing was done to address this pitching staff. I mean, all offseason long, Keichel, Keichel, Keichel. Why don't you talk to him? Open up conversation with Keichel. There he was went, nothing he, done he to strengthen seven this innings today. I think he went seven innings today, gave up one run, and uh, had four Ks. That would yeah. that, that wouldn't be a have innings, have hurt baby. Here. Innings. You need innings chewed up. Yeah. Look, when our team was good, I mean, you know, 2007, 2008, even those four or five oh four, oh five, oh six years when we just missed. You just had guys that could just chew up innings. We have no one that can chew innings. Yeah, you had Jamie Moyer who could go in and and chew up uh six innings easy. You had uh big Joe Blanton who could go in. And, and chew up innings. Uh, you had Brett Myers, when he was a starter, that could go in and chew up innings. You had guys that were competent, middle of the rotation starters, not aces. You know, we're not talking aces, but th there is that middle ground, and you need to be able, if you're going to be a winning team, you need to be able to field competent, professional, major league starting pitching. You know, you don't need guys that are going to be, below, you know, sub two ERAs and throw eight innings every time out. But you do need guys that are sub four ERAs that can get you six. I I, I was thinking those exact same numbers, Gene. Like the the stop the bleeding pitcher, 
you know, I'll give you six or seven. Hopefully I won't let up more than three. It's not going to be a point where the guy starts getting hit and it's just like, you know, I might as well be pitching underhand the rest of the, the inning. You know, right now it feels like, you know, you know, people start getting on base against Pavetta. You know, they're just going to keep getting on base. You know, one run turns into six really damn quick with our pitching staff. And, and you know, we held off as long as we could without talking about Gabe Kapler, but the management of, of these pitchers, you know, be it from the starting pitcher to the, the bullpen – has not been ideal. I fully admit he does not have enough tools to work with, but I, I don't see him utilizing what he has in any way. I mean, how many times have we said, let this guy try to work his way out of it. Let this guy try to, you know, make something happen here, or this guy's got nothing, pull him. It just seems like he doesn't has, have his finger on the pulse. Well, yeah, let's talk about Gabe Kapler for a second. Can, can we just kind of focus in on um, Carlos Santana and what 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 the hell is going on with Carlos Santana? How is it that in 2017 he can bat 260, 2018 he's on the Phillies, he hits 230, and 2019 he's batting 300? Well, that can someone explain to me how that happened? Can someone explain to me how his OPS in 2017 is 818? He plays for us. It's 766. And this year it's over 950. Here's my theory. It's uh, he had sore thumbs from playing way too much Fortnite. And I was going to make a Fortnite joke as well. But have you ever been in a in a job where like you try your best to do things the right way, but everyone else is not. And eventually you just go, I'm going to put my head down, do my own work and, you know, watch you guys tank the ship around me. (laughs) You know, I'm wondering if that was Santana here, you know, the, the apathy and I, you know, before the whole bamboo run, that's what we saw left and right, you know, where it seemed like the team didn't care, you know, and if they're playing Fortnite during games and it takes Carlos Santana to break a freaking TV, you know, like I got more. I got more for you. No, go on. Let's please. talk about JP Crawford. 2017 batting average 214. 2018 batting average 214 gets traded away batting average this year 278 how does this happen who is accountable for this how do we bring in three all-stars this year last year three all-stars this year same guys no all-star appearances well, Romuto was an all-star last well, year. He is yes. back. But he should be start. I mean, come on. The fact that – well, first off, I think that Bryce Harper is having a, a decent year. I mean, a good year. Yeah. Yeah, and 
And he he's has picked lost it up in this like quagmire. Spe specifically, he's picked it up the last like three weeks. He's cut down on the strikeouts. His power numbers are are rising, and he has a ton of RBIs. He has a mm -hmm. he legitimately has a ton of RBIs. Gene Segura's batting average dropped thirty points from last year. Yeah. Who is responsible for this? Was it all McCutcheon? Was he like the the glue that kept the whole team together? The straw that stirred the drink, so to speak. Yeah. But yeah. I don't know how that changes everything so dramatically. You know what I mean? I I feel like Kingery, to a certain degree, has at least given comparable to somewhat good um, numbers. He he's not a bad guy. He doesn't play a bad center field. Probably actually at this point in his career might play a comparable center field to um, to the way that. Uh, um, McCutcheon plays center. Uh, he he's he's gotten on base at the top of the lineup. He's aggressive. Um, he's kind of a spark plug kind of guy. So I don't feel like why? The, the lineup why has given take, that up. Why does it take Gabe Kapler three weeks to figure out that Kingery is the leadoff hitter of this team when we said it the day McCutcheon got hurt? Yeah. Well, yeah. we had to deal with the the Harper as the two hitter experiment. Which and was, Harper is the one hitter. And Harper is the one hitter as the experiment. That none of this made any sense. None of it made any sense. And and I, you have to wonder if that locker room has any respect for him, and if they are just trying to self manage. And if that's if that's the case, then maybe that's why we see such inconsistency because there are li there's literally no leadership. There is no there's no boss. It's all just uh, like a bro fest. Look, and there's no bamboo. There's no team gelling. There's no, uh, you know, we're playing. Uh, I don't know what, what was the thing that he said. We're playing. We're playing loose, or um, we're trying. We're trying looser, or some bullshit like that. It's the Mets. The Mets are a bigger dumpster fire than we are. That's the only thing that saved the last two weeks. You can't take care of business against the Braves. You can't take business against the Marlins. You can't take care of business against the Marlins. What are we going to do? What are we it, doing here? That is the real problem. Losing six of, what was it, seven against the Marlins. Losing yes, six yes. of seven against the Marlins. That is exact. If we had won, if we had split, you know, or won four out of seven, this is a very different looking situation going into the All-Star break. We are four games, you know, further up. You know, and the last thing we're talking about is, oh, gay. Hey, it's 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 uh, it's July. Let's start talking about the wild card race. Have you noticed how quickly we've pivoted to talking about the wild card standings in the last week and a half? We no longer talk about at the top of the broadcast where we f fit into the division. You know, that's a real quick. Uh, uh, the Nationals won again last night, uh, so we've we've fallen another game back in, in the third place. But 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 the wild card, the wild card. We're we're only a half game back of the wild card. Let's see what Ma Milwaukee's doing. But and you have to be a buyer. You have to be a buyer. But how much? I mean, like, can you even buy enough to make a difference? What? Because <laughs> one starting pitcher is not going to do anything. If you're a seller, I mean, who are you going to sell? JT Real Muto? I would prefer not to. No, you, you, is you he going to resign here? He's. Today, he's probably Jimmy not. But he's Jimmy Butler come October. No, he's still got another year. He's a two on a two-year deal. Is he? Yeah, he's on a two-year deal. Oh, okay. So yeah. you have one more? Yeah. Well, thank God. 
because <laughs> you know? I, I, I didn't. I didn't know what his term was, but I didn't yeah, think it was one year. But, you know, Dave's point still stands. If he wasn't contractually obligated to be here next year, what makes us think he'd come back? And, you know, when you brought up Kingry, Gene, I was thinking, you know what? Kingry has been really good. And, you know, we brought up Jay Bruce and, okay, a little shine has come off that apple, but he's still been a really good presence for this team. We have a lot of good players on this team. You can't you know, fault the outfield, and you would think offensively that would be immediately where you would want to throw throw fault yeah. because you've lost your starting center fielder twice this year. Yeah. You lost two starting – Nick Williams gave you nothing. Aaron Altair gave you nothing. There was no depth in the outfield. We had to go out and get Jay Bruce, who's kind of worked out and not played bad defensively. It's not like we had to move Reese Hoskins back out there, who was absolutely a liability. You know, Jay Bruce plays an okay left field. That's why you put a guy like that in left field. He was not brought in here to play every day. You're not going to, you're not going to believe, Klintak didn't go get him to play every day. That has become out of necessity. We would be in a much better place if Jay Bruce was not starting every day, if that was a guy that was coming off of, you know, of the bench. If he was coming off to hit pinch hit, we still have absolutely nothing to pinch hit with. We might as well just let pitchers hit because we have nobody else that can get a hit. Yeah, that, that's a great point, Gene. Especially when a pitcher's pitching well. You know, if if a guy's pitching well, let him stay in. We need the help. And the, I don't know if we said it on the show or if we just said it in the text messages. But when Jay Bruce came in. Like, oh, yeah, they have that little bit of magic. And we were all thinking Matt stares, you know, like he wasn't going to be an everyday player for this team, but somebody to come in off the bench and be this, you know, playoff hero. Yeah, we My were thinking, God, how far away are we from thinking of that? We were thinking Matt stares. Instead, we got Raul Abanez. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Raul Abanez, lovely person. He and his wife used to come into my wife's Starbucks uh, when she worked there all the time so yeah i have his t-shirt quick quick, quick aside about raul abanez <laughs> seems like a lovely human being raul so so dave what do we need what do we need to pick up to if we're going to be buyers if, you, if you're going to buy you need to have something to, to pay for these things with what are we willing to part with they're not all going to take <laughs> michael franco off our hands for starting pitching they're not all going to take uh, uh you know whatever triple a scrubs we've got and send us back starting level outfielders uh yeah i don't know i mean it's not my problem to figure out but the team needs pitching i i, I think maybe they need new coaches i i don't know i would i don't know i would just play i would just play the season out i would just destroy the entire coaching staff and start start over top to bottom because you know, just look at these. Like they cannot get performance out of guys. Mm-hmm. It's evident. I mean, there's no there's no track record here of like under this regime, besides Kingery. You know, over the last couple of years, it's like nothing. I, I don't know. Yeah, they have been. Un- I mean, Hoskins too. They Kingery haven't really Hoskins, been able but- to develop any kind of a specifically they all these been able guys to pitching talent 
Yeah, they all these guys they... are supposed to come up. All these guys are supposed to come up and be all this hot shit, right? Like Roman Quinn, Dylan Cousins. Like, Roman Quinn gets hurt when 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 the wind comes in the wrong direction. You know, JP Crawford. All these guys are supposed to be like future all stars and everything. The way you build, and it's just like, what the hell? Yeah, it feels and, like scrap heap stuff. And, and Kapler and the the whole staff has. We've seen success. And then we've seen a unexplained drop off and just a real aloofness. Like, uh, it, I don't see people getting mad. I don't see, I don't see, and again, I, I find myself repeating myself on this show, but just I want to see fundamentals, man. Like, if you, if you can't win, I want to see small ball. I want to see you know, hustling on the play. I want to see just trying to manufacture a win. How many games feel like they're done in the third inning? You know, where it's, uh, we're losing two nothing and you're just like, well, we're not going to win this one, which with this team there, we have, we have so much firepower. We have come back, you know, to make it four, two only to lose six to four. It, 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 is like is our black cloud hanging over the clubhouse or just over the fans? Like it doesn't. It's it. I don't the, know. I have no optimism. Like none with this team. Well, let's just put it this way: I bounce around a lot on Sundays because there's a lot of sports on. I was primarily watching Big Three basketball today, and then flipping back over to the Phillies every once in a while to check to see what was going on after the first inning. You know, I was kind of like waiting for the other shoe to drop after that four run first. But I don't know. We got All Star break coming up. You know, they they won a series going into that, so I guess we'll see what happens in the second half. I mean, the first three weeks of July will be really telling because it's that that hard. Hard deadline, trade deadline, right? It's twenty first or something like that. Yeah, and it's and in this case, it's either move it or lose it because there's no uh, there's no waiver deadline after that. Yeah, so we'll see. They're gonna have to show they're gonna have to show Clintac something to 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 make to make moves. Yeah. But all right, we'll see what happens. Let's talk about uh, basketball. Okay, well, let's see if we can split the difference from the giddy optimism of <laughs> USA soccer. Well, USA women's soccer as the men currently trail. <laughs> and he yeah. like like somebody calls somebody, we're worried about the hosts of Potadelphia and our baseball talk. Let's see if <laughs> let's see if basketball can split the difference. Let's start with the JJ Reddick uh full page inquire ad letter. So JJ JJ takes out a full page ad. It says to the city of Philadelphia, thank you for an incredible experience. The past two seasons were unforgettable, and it's because of the passion, energy, and intensity of you, the fans. The way you rally for the sports teams here is special. There's nothing like playing in Philadelphia, and I'm so fortunate to have worn the 76ers jersey. I've built so many truly mean I've built so many truly meaningful relationships in the city in such a short period. Philadelphia will always be a special place to me and my family. Again, thank you, Philly. Um I don't know. To me, like I don't really. This is like whatever. Do you, I don't. Even, I don't believe it. Do you buy this this no. kind of thing that now every time somebody leaves a, a a fan a fan base after two years, like you have to take out a full page ad and say goodbye, or else the I, fan base has the right to hate you for eternity? 
You know what I mean? J.J. Redick was here for two years. He was a good player. He was fine. But, like, I don't have an emotional attachment to J.J. Redick. I appreciated this when Carlos Ruiz put up a billboard uh, on 95. I had an emotional attachment to Carlos Ruiz. I liked the, you know, that feeling of closure that he was saying goodbye to me as much as I was saying goodbye to him. Um, J.J. Redick decided to take more money in New Orleans. Like, there was no, like, none of this was, you know... Uh, a sad thing like if he really cared he would have stayed so i don't i don't need your full page goodbye jj like i'm i'm good i'm 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 good i, I think it's a better I fit for you in new orleans anyway yeah i don't care that he's leaving i just feel like when he was here he spent as little time as humanly possible in philadelphia right he was always <laughs> in brooklyn it's like game helicopter back to brooklyn God, so you know i don't get the whole sentimental attachment or I've made so many bonds or whatever in Philly. I, I don't know. You know, it's really true, Dave, because, you know, even in that letter, he calls out like, you know, passionate sports city. He doesn't just say passionate Sixers fans. Like, and then you think like, was he at Eagles games? Was he at Flyers games? Like, like maybe one or two, but it wasn't like, you know, he was here supporting the other teams in town when he was playing for the Sixers. And it was two years, man. Do a photo of you and your family down in Old City on Instagram going, thanks, Philly. Like, I'll think of you always want to have a soft pretzel yeah. and like be on with your day. Yeah, he's, that's a tweet. I want a tweet from J.J. Yes. Redick. I don't need a full-page ad from DJ Reddick. The people I want a full-page ad, like Chase Utley, I want a full-page ad. You know what I mean? That's that's what I want. I don't, I want a tweet from JJ. Like, this is, the whole thing seems just like way out of proportion. It, it's almost like if you look at that statement, there's nothing in it that, like, if you just take the name of the city out and you could just replace it with another city. Right. I'm actually trying to see if there was like a goodbye um, thing in like the LA times when he left the Clippers dear resident. Right. <laughs> At my time in your greater metropolitan area, I enjoyed local cuisine <laughs> and your burgeoning <laughs> local art scene. I think we'll all remember when that local sports team I did not play for won, lost <laughs> or competed in the big game. <laughs> Yours in Christ, JJ Redick. I mean, like, I don't know why he signed off like that, but <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't have to do it, so he did it. So that's nice. I'm just not. Um, I'm not totally buying it. We'll just put it. We'll just it it, it just felt insincere or overly sincere. <laughs> Take your pick. <laughs> like, it just felt wrong. It just didn't feel right. It was either insincere or overly sincere. It did not have the appropriate level of sincerity <laughs> for G. <laughs> um, all right. Well, all right. Thanks, JJ. I appreciate the gesture. <laughs> Kawhi Leonard is a clipper. And I, and I think this is the best case scenario, honestly, for the for the Sixers. Clipper ship. Yeah, I feel like this is the best case scenario for the for the Sixers because Anything that makes that West more of a gauntlet for each other can only help the Sixers. 
And the idea of like the Lakers becoming some sort of like insurmountable super team, which I don't know that Kawhi going there would have would have done that. I, I don't know how possibly chemically LeBron and Kawhi and Anthony Davis could have possibly coexisted. So there's a certain part of me that that wished that that circus had actually tried to put up a tent and and gone to town to town. Um, but uh, I'm also really excited for the prospect that even though that circus didn't get off the ground, they're still going to share a building. Um, the Lakers are, are, you know, LeBron is not, he's not 28 anymore. There's miles on those tires. I, I don't think that the Lakers are going to be like just this juggernaut. So the fact that there's going to be other teams in the West that are really good, uh, Denver is good, um, Utah is good. The Spurs feel like they're always good. The Clippers are going to be good. So, and I, I mean, I have no idea what's going to happen with Golden State. They they, they have got, they have been like gutted. So, um, you know, it would have been nice if they had still kind of kept, you know, they still have Steph, so they're not going to be super horrible, but they've got to really figure out getting some other pieces in there to, to help them out. Um, so, you know, the West, I feel like is going to be an absolute dogfight. The East right now, here's here's what I think about the East. I think the Toronto Raptors are, are no longer in, in the picture right now. Maybe Toronto doesn't even make playoffs. Maybe. Uh, that's entirely possible. We're going to find out if Nick Nurse is actually a coach this year. Um, the, the Celtics, Kemba is a sixer killer, but I don't feel like they've got much of anything else. Um, and that team completely imploded on itself last year. Uh, Brooklyn is a year away. They're a year away. KD's not going to play. Uh, they're going to be good, but I think they're going to be like a six seed. Um, and hopefully, if, you know, that's not the six seed you want to see if you're the Sixers. Right now, the the East is the Sixers and Milwaukee. And I honestly think that the Sixers are better because Milwaukee didn't get that much better. And I feel like they would have had a better matchup than, than even Toronto had against Milwaukee. I feel like the Sixers, with their size now, they can out-defend anybody. They're not going to be intimidated by anybody. And, and – the East is going to go through the Wells Fargo Center, and I really believe that. U.S. just lost the Gold Cup, by the way. one nothing. Stupid uh, man. Yeah, I, look, I agree with a lot, a lot of things you just said. First off, Kawhi is just the man. I mean, he totally screwed over the Lakers <laughs> in a way <laughs> – I mean, everyone's making fun of the Lakers right now. I mean, I saw all these tweets when Kawhi signed that it's just like, you know, the Lakers are looking to sign uh, big three guys or, you know, whatever. Like, they'll just take anybody at this point. And then, I mean, he also screwed over the Raptors really hard, too, because, like, Danny Green didn't sign because uh, he was waiting to see what Kawhi would do. Uh, so then he goes to the Lakers. And it's just like, man, everyone's holding out hope for Kawhi just push pause on all your plans and everyone else sign. And now you're just left holding the bag. And he also imploded Oklahoma city. Yeah. Well, we didn't get to that, but, but he also imploded his own team too, because yeah. they had to give up such a haul. I mean, five first round picks, uh, three first round straight up plus two pick swaps. Yeah. Okay. Still though. Yeah. And then I think, and a player in a second round, like, just a mat like you thought that the Tobias trade, the Tobias Harris trade was bad. That that was like the war chest. That all of that stuff is now in Oklahoma City. Yeah, that's wild. That's just wild. But hey, more power to them. 
Uh, let's take a look at the uh, at the odds, the Vegas odds. Oh, yeah. I haven't looked at these yet. So who do you think is the favorite to win the NBA championship? Uh, Vegas odds, I still, I'm still i still going to say the Lakers. No, it's the Clippers now. Uh, interesting. They're plus 275. So basically, Kawhi could have started his own team. Uh, to a certain Pittsburgh, degree, he kind of did, yeah. The Pittsburgh Snow Leonards. And uh, they would be the favorite to win the NBA championship. Okay. So the Clippers at plus 275. Is it LA, LA? Yeah, it's LA. Yeah, it's LA, LA. Who's the three? I'm going to say. Brooklyn. That's my guess. My guess is Milwaukee. You're right, Gene. So Milwaukee's at plus 600. And then your 76ers get a bit of value now. Yeah, yeah, Plus 1,000. Yeah. Oh, I like that. And they're hundred the f- bucks could win you a G that's four. They're at four, right? Yeah. I think that's amazing value right now. Yeah. You, I, I, I really I honestly it's- to a man at this point in time, believe the Sixers will be playing for the NBA championship. Yeah, I absolutely believe that. And I feel like this is, this is the best constructed Sixers team that we've seen in a while. This is, they, they should, and I don't know. Did you watch any summer league, Dave? Did you did you did you catch any of the the summer league that that went on this I weekend? I watched a little bit. I watched a little bit of the Sixers. I kind of liked what I saw with between from Xavier. He looked uh, like he's got some hops, and and uh, the the new kid uh, dropping a three, uh, a corner three that looked like his shots uh, pretty good. So there's well, shake. Shake uh, gave me some concerns since he's basically going to be our backup point guard this year. So uh, I still believe that we might bring somebody else in, but I think you're right. I think he's still going to be the second point guard. But to your point, Gene, you mentioned the Raptors and you said, I don't know that they're going to make the playoffs. Well, th- the odds have them as the third best team in the East. Even without Kawhi? Even without Kawhi. Now, is that a- 1600 to win the championship? Is that speaking to the depth in the East or that they really believe that the Raptors are, are, are that good even without Kawhi? I, I don't know. They're just looking I, to get all that like, Toronto money. I just think, like, what else are you looking at in the East? You have the Celtics Indiana, at plus Indiana, maybe. Indiana, maybe. But, you yeah, know, Indiana plus 4,000. Yeah, I'd say that that's, a, that's not a bad value either. Yeah, I mean, you know. 100 bucks wins you four grand? Oh, yeah, that's not bad. Yeah. yeah, I think that I I really do think Indiana is probably the third best team, and and Brooklyn, like I said, Brooklyn's a year away, and even then you got to see how KD comes back from injury. I think that they took a big, big risk. They got real splashy and real, but you know, the one of the guys they brought in just imploded a team in Boston. Like there is no doubt about yeah. that he went into Boston and 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 killed a team, and you know he 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 is notoriously a hard guy to play with. I think the Sixers got to the opposite they got the guy that made this they gave the six the the celtics an identity al horford coming here is like taking the the heart and soul out of the celtics yeah i'm super excited for the sixers i mean oh i want the more than i i think this is the first year in a long time i'm at least equally excited for basketball to come back as i am for football yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be a lot of fun. All right, so before we uh, before we get to the end of the show here, I just want to talk about, and while we're still on the Sixers, I guess for that matter, can we talk about the Colin Kaepernick uh, Nike shoe situation? Yeah. 
Welcome to our ongoing uh, segment here. Three white guys talk about race. Uh, no, well, it, it, it's, it applies to Philadelphia because I'm concerned about the 76ers logo. Yeah. Well, well Chuck, you're shaking your head. There's, there's no shrapnel that could get caught here. And honestly, just so I, the that flag is flying at Citizens Bank Park. At least it was yesterday. So it's part of the Phillies kind of identity as well, at least this weekend. Well, where's the backlash? I mean, so for people who don't know what we're talking about, you obviously don't go onto Twitter or Facebook because it was all over it. So you're probably a happy person. Yeah, you're probably a happy person. So what do you do? Listen to this show. We should all be listening to your show. Um, But it was Nike was going to release a frankly ugly shoe um, <laughs> with the bet, uh, uh, the Betsy Ross flag on the back, the, you know, 13 stars in a, a circle. And then Colin Kaepernick got them to pull it back because he viewed it as a racist symbol since it came from a, you know, colonial time of, Back when people were holding uh, slaves, uh, so, like okay, so the, if you know better than I, please. I don't know that I know better than you, but evidently the alt right has taken up the Betsy Ross flag as like a symbol of making America great again. Are you right. fucking serious? See, it's one. I didn't know that. No, no, Dave, you're exactly right. I did a little bit of deeper dive on this, and what has happened is since there was such a a backlash against the stars and bars that you know the the Confederate flag couldn't be flown at state houses and stuff like that. Uh, that there is a certain fringe part of the group who's like, fine, you take away that flag. We have this other part, uh, you know, uh, of our heritage that we feel like we can also identify some of our values with. And they've they've kind of uh, taken the that colonial flag and 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 repurposed it. Right. So. All right. And, and then this is my kind of issue here is that now. Basically, the the symbol of the 76ers is also being used by, you know, alt-right or whatever neo-Nazi situation. And if we're saying, like, okay, now we're going to allow that group to have that symbol because we're now not going to use it on anything else. Like, where does that leave the Sixers logo? In, in the same arena as the Redskins logo? No, see, see that's a, a little different slant to that. How slippery and is the slope? I, I don't think the slope gets slippery because Nike made a decision to stay on brand with someone that they're paying. You know, Colin Kaepernick, like him, hate him, whatever, he is someone nike is paying to be associated with their brand and one of the reasons they are doing this is because of his political awareness and the symbolism of aligning yourself with him and you kind of don't want to undercut that if you know they put out this shoe and like people like it and then all of a sudden the you know alt-right it's their new favorite shoe and you ask kaepernick about it and he goes yeah i hate it then all of a sudden, your your brand, your Nike as this woke company that is <laughs> that is standing up for a certain mindset is completely undermined. 
And if your connection to Kaepernick, who's going to be back in the league next year, is damaged by it, pulling it back, I think you want to talk conservative values, that's as capitalist as it comes. So that I had no issue with. Now, allowing the Betsy Ross flag to be usurped by the alt-right? No, fuck that. No. Like, I I say fly in defiance. You know, line it up with your gay pride flag. Line it up with, like, pair it in anything. You know, Black Lives Matter and the Betsy Ross flag. We need to hang them together until people get the point that that's, that's not what it means. Yeah, I mean, like, you can't let these groups, like, steal a piece of the history of the country. I, I yeah. mean, yeah, there were some – it was a different era back then. And, you know, whatever, I don't want to get into that. I just want to say that I don't want to see, you know, alt-right marches and people wearing, like, Sixers jerseys because it's sporting the the circle yeah. of stars. You know, well, like, that's my concern. And that I was what get- you were seeing. You were seeing in places, and this was more uh, at, for, like, NCAA issues, but you would see people, like, with, like – running rebels kind of t-shirts and stuff like that and that's why a lot of these college um mascots and and names had to kind of adapt and changed you know both in a positive way in my opinion when a lot of them have gone away from some of those like racially insensitive um certainly that some of their their cartoonish portrayals of different races but they've also had to kind of step back on their support of uh, certain things that have been co-opted by political groups. So, um, you know, that's a little different because you also have that that academia aspect in the NCAA. But um, to your point, Dave, like it, it's really would be a terrifying thing that as uh, as these kind of things happen, what if they all decided, what if there's a, a hate group that decides that we're all going to wear Yankee hats when we show up and do bad things? Does that mean that the, the New York Yankees symbol suddenly becomes a symbol of hate? You know, something that is, uh, you know, something that is, as much as I'm not a Yankee fan, but you can't debate that it's, it's Americana at, at one of its purest forms. Watch any movie based in the 50s, you're going to see a kid with a Yankee cap or a Brooklyn Dodgers cap. Um so, you know, these are the kinds of things that at some point you have to say, no, these things also have meaning to the rest of us, whether it's a, a Yankee hat or a, or a Betsy Ross flag or or the American flag itself. All of these things have meaning to all of us. They can't just be taken up by one group and and, and then we got to, well, well, they they've taken it. So we just we got to walk away from it now. I mean, and, and then two things jump out to me. One, um, the swastika was a symbol of good luck and good fortune. And then obviously that's forever corrupted, but not in Hinduism. I believe it's Hinduism, and forgive me if I'm wrong here, but I believe in Hinduism, the swastika is still a sort of holy symbol. I believe it's actually facing a different way than the one the Nazis used. Again, I'm not an expert on it, but I I have seen it in like the real world, and it's been out for celebrations or whatnot i know um we'll talk about the you know several years ago my wife again she lived in an apartment uh complex with a very high indian population and some festival was going on and her neighbor's door was all decked out in this like you know swastika like piping like for for lack of a better phrase and 
of course you do a double take, but then you see the other symbols of the celebration and you just go, okay, yes, this means something different. Now that would be very different if they, you know, Nike was putting swastikas on shoes, but if there's, if there's room in this world for that vile symbol to still exist somewhere disassociated with Nazism, then that's, that's an okay thing. That's the fact that says we can reclaim these, these symbols for their original meaning. And then another thing um, has to do with Eric Lindros. And everyone collectively holds their breath. Okay. They wonder what I'm going to say about Big E. But when he had his, when it was announced that his number was going to be retired by the Flyers, a lot of people celebrated by posting up the number 88. Uh, 88 for Eric Lindros. Apparently, the alt-right uses that for a shortcut for Hail Hitler. Because eight, the eighth letter of the alphabet. Yeah. Okay. And somebody had just put up on their Facebook feed, 88. And somebody was aghast at the meaning of it. And the fact that 99% of the people either didn't know what they were talking about, like the original poster, didn't know they were celebrating Eric Lindros. I would, have had no idea. I would have had no idea that that's what it stood for. I guess I'm just having gone down deep enough down that rabbit hole. Well, nobody else did except for this one person. And they're going, well, it's really offensive and you, you should think about it. And now we... This by calling it out was spreading, right? Th- this this idiocy, and the person was shouted down. Now they didn't they didn't concede their point. They still think you guys should be careful of posting the number eighty eight. But the majority of the people get it, and then sometimes you gotta suck Context, it up and deal, dude. Yeah, like just because conversations are difficult, or the fact that somebody might have to to view things twice doesn't make it wrong. So yeah, no. Yeah. And more, I, I didn't realize the alt-right connection to this and yeah. And to more you know, modernize your swastika point, you know, the Pepe, the frog character, <laughs> it's kind of like this cartoon that was out there that got adopted. The creators like, what the fuck? You know, I didn't, yeah. this is not what I drew this for. With that said, and you know, if you, if I want to sound like a hypocrite, if you have a Peppy the Frog as your avatar on Twitter, that's like a freaking instant instant block for me. You well, know, yeah, like because unless it's I create Peppy the Frog, I am not a Nazi is like in your bio. Everybody else is getting blocked. But I mean, I guess to a certain degree, a symbol can only take on the meaning that that society or that people want to ascribe to it. Um, and I think that what time will tell is if that, you know, if the Betsy Ross flag begins to adopt, you know, a very serious connotation so that it becomes that uh, instant. You know, when you see A, you immediately think B, then, I mean, obviously that that comes uh, that's a little bit different. As of right now, I had to go in and look into this and it hadn't reached my uh, you know, my my understanding that that was one of those things. And I'll be honest, once that was brought to my attention, I said, well, then maybe it, we need to consider what, you know, what, what we're doing. And maybe Mike Nike has a point. Um, it's unfortunate that that wasn't necessarily the, the you know, 
that wasn't in the opening line that you had to do a little bit of digging that, you know, the initial uh, reaction came out with it. You know, Colin Kaepernick is anti-patriotic. But I mean, to his credit, because it was associated with Kaepernick, I did at least take the time to say, generally speaking, he is not somebody that uh, overreacts and, and, and gave him the benefit of let me go and look into what he's taking a stand for. And, you know, there aren't a lot of people where I immediately, you know, don't prejudge like, well, if they're against it, then I'm for it kind of thing, um, which that doesn't make any sense. But anyway, um, <laughs> but, you know, this did, you know, edge, you know, him taking the stand against this this pair of shoes, which, like you said, the, the shoes were ugly anyway. I was, I'm not a, shooker, a sneaker guy. I've been wearing the same sneakers for four years. Um, <laughs> it did it did educate me, you know. That that was not my ox being gored, as they say. Um, but you know, and that's you know. Yeah. I just keep go- I going back. I keep going back to the original point. Just because this group has adopted it, doesn't mean we have to let them have it. Yeah, and, and that's what I'm afraid of. And I, you know, it may. I don't want to go back to the ugly Allen Iverson 76ers jersey. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that would not work in today's NBA, honestly. I, and I think I, I think that is a good place to go to Chuck's penalty box. <laughs> All right. So as Pat Croce rips out his earbuds and throws them to the ground, uh, Gene, we're going to start with you. Who is in your penalty box this evening? I'm really glad I get to go first. Uh, in my penalty box, I am going to put the uh, Golden State Warriors organization, specifically, I guess, their, their owner. Um, uh, I knew this was coming up. He has been willy-nilly this uh, the last two weeks. Anybody that leaves the Warriors organization, he's retiring their jerseys. <laughs> Immediately before they have even uh, retired from the NBA, he is just... <laughs> Number nine is immediately going in the rafters. Number 35, it's going in the rafters. Everybody that leaves Golden State now, their number is getting retired. Now, granted. uh, Wait, he's retiring Durant's number? Yes. He said that as long as he's there, nobody's going to wear Durant's number either. But And Durant wasn't even all there all that long. And I I mean, like, this is certainly the golden age of the Golden State Warriors. Absolutely. Um, They have had uh, an incredible run. It seems to be kind of at least coming to a, 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 a slow here. Um, but when Kevin Durant goes to another team as a free agent, leaves your team, goes to another team as a free agent, I don't feel that he may spend another three, four, five years in the league. He might beat your team in the finals. How about you wait until he's done playing before you decide to honor him in that way? Uh, I have not heard of any other sport retiring currently active players numbers and i mean i don't think he's literally going to hang number nine from the rafters now but um you know and andre iguodala great player i don't know that he's a hall of fame player he's probably borderline um but like you're gonna retire his number i mean he won you a finals mvp it just like all these things feel like they warrant conversation by a fan base um you know and you know we we we're from philadelphia we understand how you solve this problem, Warriors. You just create a <laughs> wall of fame. And you can put literally anybody you want to on there. Anybody at all. And then, you know, 
save the retired numbers for actual like Hall of Famers. I was going to say they're like the opposite of the Phillies who yeah. they have to be in the Hall of Fame. Right. Yeah. So that that's my take on on retiring currently active Grizzlies and Brooklyn Nets on other teams (laughs) all right so to the golden state warriors for premature uh for prematurely putting numbers out to pasture you get a two-minute penalty unfortunately two has been retired so we're gonna have to make it a one minute and 59 second penalty nice nice dave who is in your penalty box all right in my penalty box i am putting big clue Ted Kluzowski, uh of the 1950s era Cincinnati Reds. And I'm putting him in the penalty box for inspiring the throwback uniforms that the Reds wore today. It was a uh, they were they were the vest uniforms with uh, Mr. Mr. Red on the chest. Um, and just that's it. Like, no. No under no no shirt underneath, just oh, a uh, oh, just a sleeveless vest. Just oh, the guns were out, suns out, guns out. <laughs> the Reds were flexing hard today. Were there were there like just just pit stains everywhere? Just, <laughs> just bare arm, just tank tops out there on the the field, playing baseball like God intended us to do. No sleeves, just the sh- just the arm, just skin, human skin. Ooh, that is not a good look. You got to see some of the pictures, man. It's pretty, uh, it's pretty like jarring looking. Yeah. I, don't know, I don't know what to say. It's just like unsettling just to see baseball players without any. It's just full arm, just the, all the arm. It's like a biker gang decided to become a baseball team for a day. It's like. Did they still wear the sliding mitts, though? Because that was probably pretty ridiculous. I don't know if they did that, but, I mean, yeah, I mean, you just got to look at the pictures. And they did it to honor uh, this this player from the 50s. I guess he was a big hitter. I, I, I'm not too familiar with Red's 50s-era players, but is, I is guess he, that was – Is he dead? Or was, was he there? I mean, I don't, I don't know if he's dead. I, I want to see a photo of like a 95 year old man <laughs> there was there, no shirt on. yeah in solidarity who did, they, no who did the reds play and it did they counter with also the sleeveless option uh they, right, well hold on let me get your first your first point uh big clue died in, in 1988 so, oh, so he missed this he was not alive. god uh, and I will get you the score of today's Reds game. I'm not. I'm not sure who they played today. They did play the Cleveland Indians. I don't know the score offhand. Okay. And well, there's not and, usually this much research involved in the Chuck's penalty box. And, and did uh, God, I imagine Cleveland like in their boring old like uniforms. You know, like they probably felt like they needed to. They really needed to counter. Like, ugh. I kind of yeah, hope oh, the Reds then- won. <laughs> The Reds lost eleven to one. Uh, yeah, well, <laughs> which is good because you know now it's not going to be like the lucky uniform situation. Yeah, thank God. All right, to the Cincinnati Reds for saying which way to the gun show. Um, you're getting 
A 10-minute game misconduct. Get some arms or get some sleeves. Chuck, who is in your penalty box? Um, well, in a first in Potadelphia history, Dave has stolen my penalty box. We actually uh, confirmed it before the show that he had dibs on the Cincinnati Reds. So I'm going to a uh, perennial uh, hatred of mine, the ESPY Awards, because what better way to determine who was the best player in baseball than by ESPN telling us the the awards sports shows are the awards for that sport. You have a Cy Young winner. You have you have somebody who winning you know the Super Bowl trophy. They have the Lombardi Trophy. Like we don't need to talk about who was the best team in football. Like it was the Patriots. We don't need to talk about who was the best team in hockey. It was the Blues. They already have trophies. We already have MVPs. If you want to have a a sports show, do it for like your, you know, your senior honorifics, like your senior uh, superlatives, like, you know, best smile in hockey. Boom. That's an award. Best dressed player in NASCAR, you know, award, you know, best Twitter feed. Fine. But the fact that you're giving out awards for competitions that have already been won it's idiotic it's redundant and nobody watches it so the espies the award for most useless uh <laughs> award show goes to the golden globes in an upset so the golden globes you get a 10 minute game misconduct poor poor golden globes i know you can drink there and like Everyone gets one. It's like a participation. Good, good like litmus test for what's going to happen in the Oscars. Yeah. See, see, Chuck. Now I want to know, like, who would have the best Twitter feed? Like, I feel like that would actually be. What are the nominees? I feel like that would actually be interesting. I might tune in to see that. Oh, that would be kind of cool, right? Don't you yeah. think that would actually be something interesting, Chuck? You really need to talk to these programmers at ESPN. I feel like that would be better than any of their other awards. Uh, Maybe that's I, what we should do. Maybe that should be our our award show Ooh. yeah maybe we should do the first annual potadelphia awards coming up sometime soon yeah yeah yep uh maybe for our one year mm. that sounds tasty on, on air yum <laughs> delicious all right award everybody show. that's that's it for that's it for today uh please remember to rate review and subscribe to potadelphia wherever you get your podcasts also uh please check us out on social media facebook twitter instagram uh also uh be sure to check out the whip around uh new episodes come out every wednesday for all your uh weird news news uh and we're gonna see you next monday with our all-star extravaganza special because no other sports happen this week So it's going to be all all all-star all the time. Have a great day at work, everybody. We're out of here.